Hello and welcome to this edition of Middle East Matters on France 24, coming up on this week's show. Waving flags, burning banners and raiding the offices of Bashar al-Assad's ruling party, anti-government anger mounts in southern Syria, where rare protests in the heartland of the minority Druze community are now into a second week. Activists condemn the storming of a drag show in Lebanon by angry crowds of conservative Christians amid a wider escalation of anti-LGBTQ rhetoric. It comes as lawmakers in Iraq debate legislation that proposes the death penalty or life in prison for homosexual relations. And a scuba diver's paradise will take you to a former fishing village turned resort town on the shores of the Red Sea in Egypt and local efforts to preserve its world-renowned coral reefs. Well, the protests were initially driven by surging inflation and the war-torn country's spiralling economy, but have quickly shifted focus, with marchers now calling for the fall of the Assad government. Now into a second week, demonstrations in southern Syria are centred in a region that's largely stayed on the sidelines during more than a decade of civil war, the government-controlled province of Sueda. The protests were initially sparked by Assad's move to raise public sector salaries while scaling back on fuel and gas subsidies. Alison Sargent has more. Once rare scenes in government-held Syria that have now been taking place for over a week and spread throughout the southern provinces. The demonstrations began in the city of Sueda home to much of Syria's Druze religious minority, where crowds waved the community's colorful flag and Druze leaders have given their support. Sparked by anger over the spiraling economy, protesters are now calling for nothing less than the end of Assad's government. Video has shown them destroying pictures of the Syrian president and vandalizing the ruling party's headquarters. We are all united. No flag can divide us, no sect or religion can divide us. All of us Syrians are united. We won't accept anything less than the fall of the regime. Our only demand is the peaceful transfer of authority so we get rid of this ruling gang without any sedition or bloodshed. Please go away, Assad. The matter is over. Syria's unending civil war has seen its economy and currency collapse, with the UN estimating that about 90% of the population lives in poverty. President Bashar al-Assad blames the crisis on Western sanctions. But cost of living and inflation have worsened since Assad's government raised public sector wages while scaling back fuel subsidies. The cost of living and fuel right now is so high. It's hard because everything is tied to fuel. The prices don't match my salary anymore. If I want to buy two packets of milk for my child, my salary would be gone. With Syria's economy in freefall, dissent is rising in government-controlled areas like Sueda and neighboring Dara'a province, where protesters waved the flag of the opposition. The area was the cradle of Syria's 2011 uprising before the peaceful demonstrations were violently suppressed. 
Campaigners say the attack is an ominous sign of the deteriorating rights situation for the LGBTQ community in Beirut. A drag show in the Lebanese capital was cut short last week when members of a far-right Christian group targeted the bar hosting the performance. The first Arab country to hold a gay pride week, Lebanon has generally been seen as a safe haven for LGBTQ people. But the incident comes amid an increase in attacks against the community and following troubling remarks by high-level politicians and religious figures. Shirley Sitbon has the details. A drag performance in Beirut is far more than a show. It's an act of resistance. There are threats, bans and haters. We are here, we exist. <laughs> Minutes later, though, a group of thugs from the Christian so-called Soldiers of God group stormed the venue. The two artists had to hide. Guys, we are, we are trapped. For Lebanon's LGBT community, there have long been ups and downs. One of the greatest wins were a series of court decisions where judges refused to condemn people arrested for homosexual relations, which meant those relations were legal. But the fight against violence and unfair government decisions continued. Bars were closed, pride marches were banned, police saying threats had been made against them. The blast in Beirut has also hit hard because there were many LGBT clubs downtown. Activists explain that the crisis worsened their situation. When institutions are weakened, we go to a very primitive way of governing people, which means that it is a lawless uh, situation. Hezbollah leader Hassan Nasrallah gave a glimpse of how bad the situation could become. In July, he called to kill homosexuals, which he called a real and imminent threat to Lebanon. Well, for more, I'm joined in studio now by France 24's Thamine Al-Kitan. Thamine, firstly, if you could take us through what exactly happened in Beirut last week. Well, we were a few moments away from a massacre. These were the words of uh, one activist who happened to be there inside the bar. It's a gay-friendly bar in Beirut, uh, and there was a, a, a drag queen show uh, when a group of men arrived and started uh, shouting threats and insults. Uh, they're Christian extremists who call themselves Junud al-Rabb, the soldiers of God in Arabic. Uh, and as soon as they arrived, the bar's owners managed to close the doors and prevent them uh, from uh, entering. But one of the attackers uh, even filmed his action. Let's take a look to see the extent of the violence. <laughs> A few minutes later, the police came but did not arrest any of the assailants, according to eyewitnesses. And who exactly are these so-called soldiers of God? Tell us about that group. In fact, we know uh, very little about this extremist group. What we know is that it was founded in uh, sometime around 2019 as a conservative Christian group uh, uh, to oppose the mounting influence of the Shiite Hezbollah group in uh, Lebanon. And some media reports say it is funded by a well-known Lebanese businessman. Now, Lebanon isn't the only country in the Middle East where LGBTQ people are being subjected to this kind of hate speech, this kind of persecution. It's also happening 
happening in Iraq, isn't it? And in Iraq, we have seen uh, several politicians and Islamist uh, clerics who are being publicly homophobic. Uh, for example, a leading Shiite clergyman, Muqtada al-Sadr, called uh, last December for a campaign to collect signatures against the rights uh, of uh, uh, the LGBTQI plus uh, community. Uh, since uh, then, he has been calling for uh, to, on his supporters to burn uh, the community's flag as a response to Quran burnings by extremists in the West. Uh, Al-Sadr says he wants to combat homosexuality without violence and that he's against killing uh, uh, homosexuals, but he remains silent as Iraq's uh, parliament is discussing a draft law that criminalizes homosexuality and that imposes death penalty on LGBT people. And tell us more about that. What else does this draft law contain? So being homosexual would be punishable by death or life imprisonment. Uh, there's also a seven-year imprisonment and a fine for uh, promoting homosexuality. That means uh, defending the rights uh, of lesbians, gays, bisexuals and transgender people. Uh, trans transgender women are particularly uh, targeted in this specific text with up to three years in prison uh, for men who imitate women, uh, according to the official wording. And there is also a ban on transgender uh, hormone therapy. Now, Human Rights Watch uh, has called for the text to be totally scrapped. Rasha Yunus, a senior LGBT uh, uh, rights researcher at this organization, says that an already hostile environment might become even worse as the proposed law uh, would threaten the lives of Iraqi LGBT people. Thameen, thank you so much for taking us through that. That is France 24's Thameen Al-Khitan. Home to one of the world's most dangerous dive sites, thrill-seeking tourists have been in on the secret for decades. The former fishing village of Dahab in Egypt is a paradise for water sports enthusiasts on the Red Sea. But climate change and human activity are increasingly threatening one of the world's most prized coral reefs, as Brian Quinn explains. It may be called the Red Sea, but it's deep blue. The name comes from the ochre cliffs of the Sinai Peninsula. Along its shores, the town of Dahab is a treasure trove for divers, its turquoise waters rich with marine life. Diving guide Karim Kamal wants visitors to share his love for the local coral respectfully. Please do not touch that. Just leave it as it is. This is now the home for the little fishies. His clients treated to a thrilling spectacle of underwater wildlife. Back on the surface, Sharif El Gamrawi runs a nearby eco-hotel. This is here, our uh, farm. Just next door, goats and sheep eat the guests' leftover food waste. Their droppings then mixed with mud and straw into the bricks that make up the hotel's buildings. The material is ideal for the desert climate. It's very strong, of course. You can put your hand here. It's not hot at all. If there is a red brick, it's hotter. If you put uh, concrete, it's very hot. Once a month, Kareem organizes a cleanup with his divers. In what should be pristine waters float plastic bags and bottles. Within a half hour, the trash bags are full. It was very beautiful, as always, despite the trash and the fishing nets. Those are very difficult to remove. You have to be very gentle to not break the corals. 
The Red Sea is one of the few marine environments where coral reefs have managed to survive and thrive despite rising water temperatures caused by man-made climate change. Scientists, though, warned that mass tourism at Egypt's beach resorts, overfishing and pollution continue to put them at risk as the locals of Dahab do their best to preserve the pearl of the Sinai Desert. Well, that is it for this week's edition of Middle East Matters. Do stay tuned for more international news here on France 24.